not far from the kingdom. Not far from the kingdom. We can be not far from the kingdom as we looked last week through the words of Christ Himself. And yet, miss the kingdom and be far from it. I invite you to turn with me today in your copy of God's Word to the Gospel of John in chapter 1, and we will read verses 9 through 12. John chapter 1, 9 through 12, as we continue on with the thought of not far from the kingdom. And if you are physically able, I would encourage you to stand with me in honor and reverence of the reading of God's blessed Word today. John chapter 1 and verse 9, speaking of Jesus, John wrote, The true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. May God bless the reading of his word today. You may be seated. Certainly when we think of singular verses that give light into the gospel message, we would think of John 3.16 and this verse that we read today is verse 12 certainly reflects that gospel message as well. That when we believe in Jesus, He shows us the great desire, the willingness of the Father to let us be His children. We who were far away, when we receive Christ, the Father who gave us Christ is willing at that point to take us as His children. And beloved, He would not have given His Son, Jesus Christ, His only begotten Son, to die upon the cross if He had not willed to take us into His family. Amen? All the love of the Father that we see through Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Father, we turn to your word. We ask, Lord, that you would illuminate it before our eyes today. And, Lord, that we would not just be close to the kingdom of God, but that each person would certainly be a child of God, a citizen of the kingdom. And God, lead us in that way today through Jesus. I pray, Lord, that the Holy Spirit would take control at this point and speak through your servant and bless your people with your salvation. In Jesus' name, amen. The true light, which was Jesus Christ, says John the writer, the apostle, gives light to everyone. And he says he was coming into the world that God in the flesh came into the world. He was in the world. The world that He made in the beginning. 
the world that He created with His voice. It says in verse 11 that this light, the true light, came to His own. And that can mean He came to His own things. That is, His own domain or His own people. And yet, the world did not know Him. The world did not know the Creator. The world did not know the God of the universe. Even as He walked among them, even as He was close to them, in the flesh they did not know. John goes on to write that He came to His own, and His own people, some translation says it just came to His own, but in that Greek it implies His own people, and yet they did not receive Him. Close to the kingdom. The kingdom came near in Jesus Christ. What a thought that many were not far from the kingdom of God as He came close to us. Even though they were close, most never entered through simple trust in Jesus Christ. His own people, His own world did not receive Him. We must think as to why the kingdom of God came close. Why the true light came. Why the true light, eternal and glorious God in the flesh, the Son of God, Jesus Christ, why did He come to us? Because the world was in darkness and still is today. The world is in darkness and it's under the curse of death through sin and obedience. And so God came near in Jesus Christ. But also, not only because the world is in darkness, but because our souls are in darkness. And we too need the true light to shine in our souls and to awaken us into the everlasting light of Jesus Christ. So we see that this was God's design from the beginning. This was His plan from the beginning. God made no mistakes. He knew what would happen in the fall. And so He preordained before the foundations of the earth were established to come near to His people in the flesh through Jesus Christ. And since this was His plan from the beginning to rescue His fallen creation from sin and from darkness, we have what we call the plan of salvation. Now that can manifest in different ways. The way we, the way we interpret, the, not interpret that, but the way we deliver that as well. We have different tools for that. For children many times, and even for some adults, we have, we've seen in VBSs what we call the ABCs to becoming a Christian. Admit that you're a sinner in need of salvation. Believe in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and what He did, and confess with your mouth that He is Lord. Others we've seen in tracts and heard in many messages of repentance and belief. The whole Bible really reveals the plan of salvation. From Genesis to Revelation, it describes to us the plan and the work of God to rescue His people from the darkness. 
and from their sin. That He so loved the world. We've even used tools like the Romans Road, where it takes several verses from the book of Romans and shows that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God and the wages of sin is death. And then it goes on to the glorious truth of the coming of Jesus Christ. We use these tools to describe God's plan to save all those that would call upon His name and receive Jesus Christ. Most of us are very familiar with not only I-75 to Lexington, but several of us are familiar with other roads that will take us to Lexington. We may know what they look like on a map. We know them in our minds. We have driven them so far or so many times. We about know every mile marker, every exit, every turn in the road, every bend, we picture Clay's Ferry, Clay's Ferry Bridge in our mind right now as I speak that word because we know the road to Lexington. And yet, beloved, the road to Lexington will lead you there, but it will not take you there. You have to travel that road yourself. It will lead you there, yes, but it will not take you there. Whether you walk, whether you run, whether you ride a horse, whether you get in your vehicle, whether you're in an ambulance. However, the road leads you there, but it will not take you there. You must travel that road yourself. And likewise, all the sound teaching of the Bible, of God's plan of salvation, will lead you to the kingdom of God. But the plan itself does not save us until we put our trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. It leads you there, but it does not take you there. Only your faith in Jesus Christ does. Until I receive Him, I am not a child of God. I can know the plan of salvation well and not know Jesus at all. The plan of salvation is a blessed thing. It is to be loved and proclaimed. But unless we personally put our faith in the Lord Jesus, it does not benefit us. You've heard me say this many times, and I'll say it many times over, because many still aren't getting it. That you can walk an aisle at the end of a church service. You can have an emotional experience at the end of a worship service. You can hear the preacher beckon, Come, this is the way to heaven. You can allow a pastor or a beloved loved one, a child of God, to lead you in what we have traditionally called in the last many years a sinner's prayer. And even at that, I'm just leading that person in that prayer. But you could have a pastor lead you in that prayer. Why, you could have the church welcome you in as you've come before the church and you've had the pastor lead you in that prayer. You could even allow me to baptize you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. You can then join the church. You can follow the plan, if you will. 
You can check off the boxes. Yes, I went before the church. Yes, the pastor led me in a prayer. Yes, I was baptized. Yes, I am a member of the Westside Baptist Church or Vinnie Church. You can do all of that and trust the plan, but not genuinely receive Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord. Look back to the text of John 1 and verse 12. But to all who did receive Him. Receive Him are two key words there. Receive Him. Receive Jesus Christ. Receive the true light. All who receive Christ through faith, the verse tells us, become children of God. But Jesus alone gives us that right. Not me, not the church, not the baptismal pool. Jesus alone gives you the right to become a child of God. We see in this verse that there are spiritual honors given to all believers simply on the basis of being a part of the family of God. However, this word also implies the power to do something. He gave us, as the King James says, the power, and that means the right. Becoming a child of God doesn't just simply result in privileges but also it results in spiritual power to carry out God's will and work in our lives as children. But to receive Him means to have faith in Jesus Christ, to trust in the person of Jesus Christ, to trust in the sacrifice of Jesus Christ at the cross, His resurrection and His complete salvation that will one day come to every true child of God that has received Him. This promise is not for everyone, but for those that He has given the right because and only because they have received Him. And Jesus alone applies that blood we're not saved by accepting a plan. And that's what many have done. And that's what I ask you and challenge you to think about in your life today. We are not saved by accepting a plan, but by receiving Him, Jesus Christ. Your faith is not to be in a plan, but in a person. He is the Savior. You know, you can accept the plans for a house. You can accept the plans for a house on the architect's paper. And you can look at that and you can say, wow, wow, how beautiful that is. And you can carry that plan with you and look at it and adore it. You can put it, lay it down with you as you uh, are on the streets. But that paper itself, even though it is a plan of the house, you never experience the joy, the comfort and safety and the shelter of that house as long as it's just a plan on a piece of paper. But not until the house is completed and you walk through the doors. And there you eat. And there you rest. And there you play. And there you have joyful times in relationships in that house. 
There was once the story of a, uh, or the pa- a pastor told a story of a young man that several in his church had been trying to witness to. And they had, he had come to church quite a, many times and they had gone to this young man's house to share the plan of salvation with him. This went over uh, actually a few years in this young man's life. And there was a person in that church that uh, said, I really want to be the instrument used to lead him to Jesus Christ. And those that had been with this young man said, well, you're welcome to try. We've shared the plan of salvation with him many times, and he knows it well. So this man went to the house, and he met with the young man, and the young man was a, a kind person. He said, I really appreciate you coming, but I don't know what more you can say or tell me because for a long time I'm, I've known the plan of salvation and I appreciate the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. And the man at that point realized that this young man had done just that. He appreciated the plan, but he had not received the person of Jesus Christ. He knew the plan well, but he had not received Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior. The young man was trying to rest in the plan, but had not rested in the person, Jesus Christ, and therefore he had no rest for his soul at all. Jesus invites you to come to him today, and we must do that, come to him Not just to a plan, not just to a church at first, not just to a baptism, not just to a denomination. Anything short of coming to Christ means that we might not be far from the kingdom of God, but that we are totally lost. Anything short of coming to Christ means that we are not children of God. John chapter 3 and verse 14, this is a very well-known passage of Scripture in chapter 3 of John where Jesus is, uh, had a meeting with a Pharisee by the name of Nicodemus. It's in this, in this chapter that we have the beloved John 3.16, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, and whosoever would believe in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. This is also the passage where Jesus Christ told Nicodemus, this teacher of the law, you must be born again. But in verse 14, Jesus in this conversation said, And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in Him, the Son that was lifted up on the cross, may have eternal life. Jesus is referring to a story that we find in the book of Numbers in chapter 21, verses 4 through 9, when the children of Israel were in the wilderness and they were loathing the the bread from heaven, the manna that God was supplying for them to eat. And they began to despise it and they were grumbling against the Lord and they were grumbling against Moses and God sent fiery serpents upon the people there in the wilderness and the snakes began to bite the people and they began to die. 
And so then the people realizing that the judgment of God had come upon them came back to Moses, the one they were grumbling against. Why did you lead us out of Egypt? Why are we in this wilderness? And so he went before the Lord on their behalf. And the Lord told Moses, put a snake of bronze upon a pole and anyone who looks at the serpent upon the pole will be saved. And so Moses did that. He made a snake out of bronze and he put it on a pole and he raised the pole. And anyone who would look upon the pole at that bronze snake would then be saved from the viper's deadly poison. And Jesus uses this story to tell us about Himself. That just as the serpent on the pole was raised up, and all who would look at that pole, and it sounds so simple, doesn't it? All they had to do, there were snakes all around them. Biting them, their children, their family members. Injecting its poison, their poison, into their bloodstream. And all they had to do was look at the pole that God had provided through His servant. And Jesus Christ tells Nicodemus in John 14, As Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up. And He was lifted up on a cross as He became the sacrifice for our sins and for our cleansing. And all we have to do is look to Jesus Christ. Look to Him. Look to the one born of a virgin. Look to the one who lived a sinless life. Look to the one that laid down His life for you and for me and for the world. All who would look to Him in faith and receive Jesus Christ as Lord will be saved. Look upon Jesus. Believe in Jesus. Trust in Jesus. Lean upon Jesus. Put your faith in Jesus for your salvation. Because salvation comes in not a plan, but a person. So strange, so boundless was the love that pitied dying men. The Father sent His equal Son to give them life again. Here, sinners, you may heal your wounds and wipe your sorrows dry. Trust in the mighty Savior's name and you shall never die. Rest in a plan, beloved, and you might not be far from the kingdom of God, but totally lost. Receive Jesus Christ today. Look to the Christ that was lifted up from the earth on the cross for your cleansing, for the redemption of your sins. And He, the Scriptures tell us, when we look upon this Jesus Christ in faith, He gives us the right, the power, the entitlement to be called children of God. Jesus and Jesus alone. Turn your eyes upon Jesus today. Not upon a plan. Not upon a church. 
Not upon a pastor, but turn your eyes to Jesus Christ today and live. And He will give you that right to be called a child of God. And forever you will dwell with Him. Today, as we come to a close at the end of this service, I ask you to do just that, to turn your eyes upon Jesus Christ. To look unto the Son of Man that was lifted up from the earth. Today, I ask you not to trust in just a plan. Some of you have heard the plan over and over. And you've heard the scriptural words. And you think, well, maybe I'll check this box off, but I'm not ready for this one yet. I'll skip down to number three and check it off. Doesn't work like that, beloved. Look unto Jesus. Look unto Jesus. Receive Jesus Christ, and He will give you the right to become a child of God. Today, that can take place. We're going to sing a hymn of invitation. It's entitled, Turn Your Eyes Upon Jesus. Would you do that? Would you turn your eyes upon Jesus? Would you find rest for your weary soul? Would you come to the Christ that came to you, that came close to us, that visited us here on earth?